0: Welcome to the weekly message from Rhema Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rayma.org.au/slash/media. Praise the name of the Lord. Well, thank you very much, each one of you. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Go ahead and be seated. Hallelujah. You Sunday night Christian you, man, I'm glad you showed up tonight. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Lord Jesus. There's a wonderful presence of the Lord here tonight. There always is. He always shows up. Don't take that wrong. We know He's always present. But something happens when we connect. Something happens when we step in, so to speak, and we enter in. It changes for us. God doesn't change at all. You know that. He remains exactly the same. But the more we step in, or the, however you want to look at it or say it, the more we press in sometimes. I use that terminology. The more we dial in or zone in, however you go at it. Things come alive in us, don't they? We hear differently. We receive differently. And I'm expecting in these next few minutes tonight, for each one of us to receive them. I've got so many things going off in me. I'm going to jump right into a few things. Can I get down here too? I'm going to wander tonight. I'm going to meander tonight in several ways. But I had the Lord say something to me regarding 2018. Right at the end of last year, he pointed out a verse that's, that's familiar to you, I'm sure. But whether it is or not, I want you to hear it with new ears. Because here's what he said in Psalm 65, 11. he said, uh, David said of God, you, God, crown the year with your goodness and your paths drip with abundance. Mm. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That went off inside of me just to position things for what we can expect. What we must expect, what God wants us to expect for this time that we're in. Not just the calendar, really, the change of the calendar, while it doesn't, you know, it doesn't change God, it does stuff for us. We re examine things and we look at our days and our life and our future and maybe the way things have gone. And and something happens when you make the choice to. Not just re-examine things, but to to really let God's focus become your focus. And here's how he indicated to me anyway, and I believe I'm I'm positioning it and want to position it for you. That we can focus our, our mindset or we can dial in to this kind of thinking that this year, all year, is a time for God to show His goodness. The goodness of God is really one of the factors of the glory of God. God's weightiness, His heaviness. When Moses cried out to God, said, Show me your glory. What did God do? He showed Moses His goodness. Not just that God is good, but that He reveals what He is in a way that impacts you and changes things and brings God's glory and goodness into an experience. Glory to God. He said he would crown or circle or encircle or surround the year with his goodness. That's something you can lock your expectation onto. That's what he wants it to look like for you and that your paths would drip when you make God's path your path i mean that's what we're doing in it when we're praying seeking God in his word we want his way to be our way his thinking to be our thinking his manner to be our manner mm so it's his path but when you're on it he said it would drip <laughs> i don't know i love that terminology that it would drip with abundance you know, some dripping, it's, it's gosh, it's, it's soaked. It's got more than enough. It's just dripping off. Almost as if it was being wasted. You know, when it's dripping off, it feels like it's being wasted. The thing in God, it's not being wasted. Waste means that you're running out. It's, oh, my goodness, it's running out. We gotta, it's on the floor. We're not handling it. No, no, no. In God, it's not running out. You know, we've had a mindset of things running out. From God's point of view, he said it's to run over. Over Overrunning, not running out, running over. It's a whole different way of thinking. We have to challenge ourselves to not excuse ourselves to live outside of this, but to press in so that we're actually experiencing things different. Yeah, I don't know what abundance is going to look like for you exactly. What abundance looks like for me may be different than what it looks like for you. You know, I, I had the Lord help me understand something one time regarding our needs being met. He said He would meet to our needs according to His riches in glory. And I was talking to the Lord about that and He said, you know, it's, there, there has to be a clear understanding of what the need is to understand how he would meet that need according to his riches and glory and I just got into this mindset of thinking about the need what what is it that we really need what do you need well you know from some people's point of view you know I need a house to live in or a good place to live in but there's millions of people billions really all over the world that don't have a house so that's off you don't need a house Well, where I grew up in Southern California, you felt like you needed a car. You couldn't do anything without an automobile. And really, a lot of people in societies, even in this area, you would feel like, well, you need a car. But there's billions of people that don't have automobiles. You don't need a car. That's out. (laughs) Well, you need clothes. Yeah, you do. You probably don't wear all the clothes you've got now. So you don't need any new ones. (laughs) Now we're glad you're wearing clothes, so that's clearly a need. But we don't need more, so that's out as far as it's not a need, you don't need more. What is it that we need? Well, we need to eat, we need food, but shucks, most of us don't need near as much food as we eat now. (laughs) God, you guys look so uninterested, but... um, What do we need? If we don't understand the need, we'll never understand the riches and glory because He meets our need according to His riches and glory. So, what is it you need? You see, need is not based on you. What you need is based on the assignment God gives you. What is it that God has assigned in your life? You can't understand your need unless you understand the assignment. You can't understand what God wants to provide fully until you understand how He wants you to function. Now look here, we know that we need health and healing. He's provided that. We know that we need His love and joy and peace. He's provided that. But there's aspects of our assignment that is unique to each of us. I don't need what you need. You don't need what I need not in everything so the more we understand God and the more we understand our walk and our assignment in God the things that God really wants to do in us and through us now we start to get more and more light more and more of a confidence more and more understanding of what God is saying when he said he'd meet your need. Our paths, being his path, drips with abundance. Whatever the need is, he wants it to be not just enough, not barely enough, not less than enough, certainly not lacking. He wants it to be more than enough, but too often we've allowed ourselves just to run on barely enough. I'm glad you're excited about this. Listen to what this says in Psalm 31, verse 19. He said, how great is the goodness you have stored up for those who fear you. You lavish it on those who come to you for protection, blessing them before a watching world. The world is watching you and me. God's given us an assignment that before a watching world we walk in the goodness and the blessing of God in our life. I believe there's gonna be some things come alive in this for you tonight. Just jump in any time. <laughs> now if that was the Lord talking, we want to hear what he has to say. I'll be seated. <laughs> Don't you love it? And now we've got somebody to abuse for the rest of the service also. So that's always helpful. (laughs) How great is the goodness you have stored up. My friend, there are things stored up, but we don't want them to stay stored up. We want the things that have been stored up for us to actually get to us. And God's got plenty of things to get to you. He said the goodness that you've stored up for those who fear you. He says you'll lavish it. To lavish is to do more than what's necessary. God's never been in the business of doing just uh, what is only necessary. You know, the very first miracle that Jesus did was a miracle. You remember the miracle he did? How many of you know the first miracle Jesus did? This isn't a trick question. It's It's just in the Bible. Yeah, he turned water into wine. What what an amazing concept. And what an unnecessary miracle. They didn't need more wine at this wedding. They didn't need any wine at the wedding. I got married nearly 45 years ago. We had no wine at our wedding. And so far we think it's all going to work out. They had already drank wine at the wedding. And yet you know what happened, man? They were running out of wine. Mom said, they're running out of wine. Turned water into wine. They didn't need need more wine. It was completely unnecessary, yet Jesus did. It It was an amazing demonstration of the way God thinks. He doesn't think in terms of just what is needed only. There's a mindset that we just want to let God help us to attain. The very last miracle that we see Him perform there in the Gospels was another completely unnecessary, over-the-top crazy miracle where He filled a fishing net full of fish to the point that they couldn't really even drag it all in and the net was breaking. It was beyond what was reasonable. Because God just thinks that way. Don't you know that he thinks in ways that are just beyond reason? Just to blow people's mind. (laughs) Let me read another statement to you that the Holy Spirit gave me simultaneously, almost, to when he gave me that from Psalms. This is from Amos chapter 9 and verse 13. I'm using the message translation on this. Says, yes, indeed, it won't be long now. God's decree. Things are going to happen so fast, your head will swim. One thing fast on the heels of the other. You won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once, and everywhere you look, blessing. Glory to God. I don't know what all that's going to look like for you, but man, I like the idea of that happening for me. You see, God has a different approach than most people. He's not about all the religious mindset that people have thought He was about. He's not really into all the liturgy as much as some people have felt like He was all about. He's surely not looking to make your life miserable enough that you'll finally look to him. He's not really looking to bring misery. I had some Christians tell me, just Vicki and I were first saved, and, and uh, we hadn't been saved all that long. And some Christians from the, the church that we were going to at the time, they, they felt like we needed prayer, and I'm always in favor of that. I thought that was a good idea. And these were much older Christians than us. They'd been at it a long time, so we just believed anything they said. And until they said this, they said, just want you to know we're praying for you. And I thought, well, thank you. And we're praying that God will bring you down so low that you can't look any way but up. I guess they felt that was something I should be impressed with. I, I wanted to ask them not to pray. Don't pray for me, please. I really don't need that kind of prayer for me. I was low. I was down so low. And then I got saved. Made Jesus the Lord of my life. Everything started turning around then. Don't drag me back into that. Pray for me that God would bring me down so low. What kind of idiot prayer is that? Okay, that's harsh and judgmental, I realize. Comes out of me every now and then. Every Christian has the right to be a winner in life. Just as surely as you have the right to breathe the air God has supplied You have the right to win in life. And not be a winner in life and successful in the things God's uh, given you opportunity to live in. Not because you've earned it or deserve it. Not because you've performed enough to attain it. But simply because God's in love with you. And He's provided something for you that He simply has asked for for you to receive. He's actually commanded you to receive it. He's commanded you and me to walk and live with Him in a way where we will win in the things that we face in life. Aren't you tired of losing? You ought to be. I'm done with it. I don't want to lose in life. I don't want to lose in marriage. I don't want to lose in money. I, don't, I hate losing money. I don't like losing money. God's called you to be a winner in life. You see, I told you I was going to meander a little bit here tonight. That's really what we're doing. But here's what happens when this kind of anointing comes. There's an impartation of the Holy Spirit. And that's really what I'm anticipating and watching. There'll be an impartation. Paul said this to the Romans. He said, I long that I might come and there be a spiritual impartation into your life. That's really how Paul looked at what he was longing to do. And in times like this, God really just wants to impart something to us. I didn't really come to give you three points in a poem tonight, in a message. That's what they taught me in Bible school. You want to be sure and give three points, maybe four, never more than five. includes some in point of interest and maybe a little poetry. And I'm all for that. That's great. I'm glad if you're good at doing that. I'm not as good at that as some. But, but I believe there's an impartation to be had here tonight. And here's what happens in these times. People are healed. People are delivered. Eyes are open. Things happen. Spiritual insights are imparted to people. They get answers. They get clarity. And that's really what the Holy Spirit brings, isn't it? And that's what I'm expecting what's already taken place but I had the Lord point out some things to me if we're going to be winners in life there's certain things that actually do have to we have to embrace and Ephesians the first chapter I think gives us some clear concepts of it now i am not yet started my message even though I'm well into it I have a message it'll be very brief when I get to it finally I guess but I'm just exhorting you right now Whatever that means to you. <laughs> Ephesians one fifteen says this, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Wouldn't you love that, Paul? Heaven prayed for you. But here's what he said, and this is really what we have to embrace if we're going to when if we're going to see the kinds of things god really has outlined already that he wants to do if we're really going to see it not just theorize or have some sort of religious thinking about it but if we're really going to experience these things he gives us paul gives us here some real clarity as to what it takes for that to happen for you so in this he said i've mentioned you in my prayers and this is how he prayed that the god of our lord jesus christ the father of glory may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. That the eyes, this is the prayer going on, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. That you would know the hope of His calling. And what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints? Man, this is, this is weighty stuff. Now you're a Sunday night Christian. All those Sunday morning lightweights. God bless them when we love them. But man, you're the, you're the heavyweights show up on Sunday night. This stuff's talking to people like you and me. This isn't just put in an hour to church kind of Christianity. This is is the real deal. This is how it really happens, where it's not just theories, but where we're really tapping into that presence and the anointing and the things that we were designed to live in. And he goes on in his prayer in verse 19, and he says, "And, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand, or at his right hand in heavenly places. Far above, say far above, far above principalities, powers, might, dominion, every name that's named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come, he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things, to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills all in all. He prayed that you would have wisdom, insight, revelation, understanding of that stuff. That doesn't mean we understand everything, but we understand some things. And when the enemy comes at us, telling us we're going under, we're going to fail, we're not going to make it, we're not going to see... Next year come, we'll never enjoy our grandchildren or whatever other kind of trick he tries to play on you. We just realize, no, 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 no. None of that's the truth. This is the truth. And I have wisdom and revelation and understanding of the greatness of God and his inheritance and who I am and how I fit into the program and that is, if he's far above all this, I am too. Drop down to chapter 2 and verse 4. He said, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Now watch this. And raised us up together, made us sit together in those heavenly places. Where? Far above all the things that Jesus is far above. And that's where you've been seated. Glory to God. This is better news than you've realized. I had the Lord take me to a prayer that Jesus prayed. You've you've heard it all your Christian life, maybe before your Christian life began. What I need to talk to you about tonight, we're finally going to get to something that I had planned. Jesus taught us a prayer. And I just want to really focus on one concept of this prayer from Matthew 6, 10. Where he said, your kingdom come. This is part of the prayer that we're praying. He told us how to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed or holy be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Where? Right here. Right now. As it is in heaven. I want to focus just on that simple concept. Your will be done. Your plan your thinking, your way of doing things be done here the way it's done there. How many of you know that God really gets His way in heaven? How many of you How many of you think that I mean, that's kind of easy to don't you think that's easy to? I think an atheist would agree that if there was a God in, and, and there was a heaven, he'd get His way in heaven. So I think we've at least have an edge up on the atheist. We actually believe these things. Do you believe these things? Glory, are you? Yes, you're here. Glory to God, because you're the Sunday night hardcore Christian. We don't have any trouble believing that the way God wants it is the way it goes in heaven. And while we don't know a great deal about heaven, really, we get glimpses. We have little concepts, ideas. Now, my wife, Vicki, uh, she had a concept of heaven growing up. And her idea of heaven was all the ice cream that you could eat. When I get to heaven, it'll be all the ice cream. And really, I'm not opposed to that. I think ice cream and bacon belong in heaven. I'm not sure about the latter making it, but I think the first one will. God, you guys look so holy. You really do. All the ice cream. No, I don't think heaven is only all about all the ice cream. It's a very real place. Your will be done on earth the way it's being done in heaven. Heaven's real. Spirit realm is real. Heavenly places are real. And he tells us to pray this way. Have this mindset. Have this kind of thinking. Have this manner. Your will being done here right now and in me the way it's done there. You see the believer, the born again person with the Holy Spirit dwelling within is the real connection point between heaven and earth. Everything God does he passes through the spirit of the born-again believer who has laid hold on something of God. This planet changes because of believers who lay hold on things in God that God wills and wants. But they don't just happen. They happen because somebody takes hold of it. Somebody participates with God and really embraces it. This isn't casual Christianity. But this is the kind of faith and life of faith that God's looking to raise up in every single person. That we would be people that take hold of an idea, a concept, something God wants, and realize that He wants to bring it about and use us to be part of how and why it comes. Your will be done now, here, just like it's being done there. A friend of mine, someone I've just recently gotten to know, really, is, he told me of an experience his wife shared with him in heaven. She saw things and came to understand things about heaven and shared them with my friend He was talking to me about it. She described heaven in a a variety of ways. and Our conversation, he couldn't even get into all the things that she had been able to share. They had hours of discussion about what she had come to understand about heaven. One of the things that marked me was something that she told him about the way communication happens in heaven. Between people that are in heaven. You know, there's a lot of people in heaven right now. Glory to God. (laughs) And there's a lot going on. There's work being done. There's activities and earth is patterned in a great way after heaven. So there's all kinds of involvements. She said this. She said there is constant communication between people and the Father in heaven constantly. They don't have to go to the throne room. They don't have to go to a place for this communication to happen. There is continual, pure and perfect communication. The Father is always speaking. And that is how he's referred to in heaven, Father. Really, when I thought about that statement that he made... I realize, you know, for us here and now, that actually can describe life right here, right now. Constant communication. We don't have to go to an altar. We don't have to go to a cathedral. We don't have to go to a place for us to have communication with the Father. We have been given access to the very throne room by entering in in prayer by faith we can talk to god any time you don't have to be on your knees to have this kind of fellowship and communication with god now we don't often do it but it's always available But then she described this about the communication, and this is something I would just want to take a moment with, really. But she said there were four real distinct things that were a part of communication between people in heaven. And when my friend described these things to me, it just struck me as sort of the code of conduct between people in heaven. The code. Oh, there's a reason I'm talking to you about these things. There certainly is. These four things were part of all communication in heaven. And she said, I I know that these things need to be part of all communication for us on earth. God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. She said, She said all communication has these four components. The first is respect. There's complete respect. Respect that is given. She said there has to be more of this part of what heavenly life is like happening here right now in the people of God. Greater respect. You know, if there's anything under attack in society today, it is respect. There's many things under attack, but respect is nearly lost in a lot of settings right now. But it doesn't need to be among us, not you, not you as a believer, that there is genuine and real heartfelt respect for people, not just people we know and like, but people even that we just barely rub shoulders with. We just have moments that we just pass, maybe just once in our lifetime. And yet there needs to be these components that are a part of it. God's will done here on earth like it is in heaven. Respect, respect for people, respect. A second thing that was a major part, and one of these components was kindness. There just has to be. Factored into all of our lifestyle, the kindness of the Spirit of God who's in us. Kindness is not the same as being weak or soft. People have misunderstood the fruit, they've misunderstood, rather, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which includes kindness. Meekness is part of that. People have looked at that as weakness. Meekness is not weakness, meekness is strength under control meekness is powerful Moses was the meekest man on earth but you wouldn't mistake that Moses was weak (laughs) but she said kindness was a part of all communication we have to restore a commitment to kindness as believers, God's will done here on earth as it is in heaven. There's different ways to see that and define it, but I think if we can take on our role as to how we can help this attitude and code of heaven be a part of our life, we can see other miracles happen through our life a lot more readily. Am I making any sense to you? Kindness, greater kindness. Third component was compassion. All of the communications of heaven are riddled with compassion. There's a difference between passion and compassion. I had a man say to me once, he said, Dennis, and he was a minister and had been for many, many years and had a and still has very successful ministry. But he said, Dennis, he said, I noticed something in what comes out of you that's different from what comes out of me. And he said, The Lord finally helped me see what it is. He said, I deliver truth and I have truth and I have passion in that truth. But he said, I watched what comes out of you. And he said, It was not just passion, but it was truth with compassion. And he said, I went before the Lord and said, I don't just want to have passion for the truth. I want compassion to be part of what comes with the truth. I don't know. That was a huge compliment. I never thought of it that way. I didn't have even put any thought to that until he said it. It's just a few weeks ago. But compassion is a part. And can be a part of our communication and involvement with people. And the last thing that she mentioned, that in heaven the code of conduct and the code of communication includes excellence. Excellence in communicating. A demand for excellence in themselves. In heaven. Your will, God, be done right here, right now, just like that. You see, the more we can have God as a part of our code of the way we handle, not just God, but the way we handle people and the way we handle ourselves, I believe it gives a greater pathway for God to do the other great miracles that we really need, we want. We want to see the blessing of God and the power of the Holy Spirit in what we're doing, and we have every right to expect it. But if we're living in a way and handling the issues of the kingdom of God in a way that's contrary to the way it goes, we're really not going to see the kinds of results that we want. We have created a disconnect over the very things that we want to see happen. The anointing of the Holy Spirit, I find, is very much like electricity in, in certain ways. And we want the involvement and the participation of the Holy Spirit to do great things in us, and yet there has to be some there has to be some ways that we are cooperating with the Holy Spirit for this to come about. You know, you plug something into the wall, electri- an electrical socket, and and uh, there's just power there. When you plug in, there's power, and whatever. Whatever the device is that's requiring power, some of them heat up. It's the same power that heats one device up and cools another one down. It's the same power. And that's really how the Holy Spirit is. The same power that heals one, delivers another, restores another, encourages someone else. It's all the same power but whatever the need is. Whatever is required right now, the Holy Spirit provides what is needed. See, that's why we're in this atmosphere right now, because the Holy Spirit, there's, there's as many different kinds of needs in our life as there are people in the room, and yet it's the same power, the same anointing. There's not. I, I realize there's ways that we look at the anointing to, to uh, decide there's different anointings, and I understand that, but it's all the same power of the Holy Spirit that'll heal your body, that'll restore your soul, that'll deliver you from discouragement and get you out of depression. It's all the same power. But in electrical circuitry, and I'm no wizard at this, I just have just a very minute amount of knowledge, and mostly it just means don't put my finger in the socket. I understand, you know, on those levels. But you also understand, and you've heard the terminology... That in manipulating electricity for different devices and the needs and instead of having just full on power there are resistors because you put too much power to a device and uh, it fries it. So they have created of course in the whole scheme of this resistors and what do those resistors do? What do you think those resistors do? They resist. That's amazing. They resist, and they're designed to manipulate and dumb down the amount of power. They get, sir, sure. there's different sizes of resistors, and you can put lots of resistors on, and blah blah blah. And it, it just it controls the kind of power that's going to get to a device so that uh, everything works out right. But here's what you come to realize when it comes to the power of God: there are also resistors, and these are things that we don't want in our life. Things that God wants to help us get out of our life. Things that will resist that free flow of the anointing of God so that what God is doing in heaven can come through your life here now. And yet the resistors, the things that are contrary to God, hold back the very power of God that each one of us wants so what God's all about is helping you discover what it is that's resisting God. It's not that he's being harsh on people. He's not trying to rebuke everybody for being so lame. What he's really about is helping us see what has created our own lack of receiving and pull those resistors off. I believe the anointing of the Holy Spirit comes continually to help lead us and guide us into the truth. And part of that leadership and guidance is to reveal the resistors in our life, man. The things that are interrupting the flow of real power in us. We all crave that God would do greater things in our life, man. We're all wired that way. We're designed for it. And yet, at the same time, we want things that God offers, but we have allowed resistors to remain that prevent Him from doing the very things that He wants to bring to us. It's crazy. It's funny how we handle things, spiritual things, so casually and don't really understand even though it's not all that mysterious if you really let the Holy Spirit help you see it. Am I making any sense to you tonight? The reason I think we're going down this road tonight is because there's some particular things that God wants to do in some people that are here tonight. And I came with an assignment to pray for some people tonight. And maybe it'll just be, just be that, and then we'll be done. And that would be all right. And maybe it'll be something else. But I've come to understand something by the Holy Spirit that for many people, they find themselves still carrying the kinds of things that scarred and marred their soul as they've been on this journey through life. Some people have been violated and hurt and messed up and screwed up by what other people have done or even what they've done to themselves. I found out something, and this has been a number of years ago now, thank God, but after many years of being in the ministry, many years of walking with God, I realized there was still something going on inside of me that, man, you could flip a switch. There would be some things that could either be said or done in a way, and zow! Man, stuff happened in me that just, it just wasn't right. <laughs> oh, no, that's all the detail you're going to get. But... Uh, <laughs> Man, here I've just walked with Jesus, loved God, and yet something would flip a switch and it was like, it was like, you know, things happen different. That doesn't, that doesn't belong. Oh, I went before God, I thought, and I had many times. You know how you do, you, (laughs) gosh, none of this was on my agenda for tonight. But uh, you know how you do, you. You go over the edge and then you cry out to God, oh God, I didn't mean it, I'm so sorry, I would never be, that. I'm just, that me, I'm just oh help me, Jesus. And you find a way to get back somehow. <laughs> okay, man, I'm feeling real lonely right now. <laughs> I don't know, I know how it goes. So finally, you know, at this point, man, I just said, I mean, you know, things, it just wasn't right. And I got, I got to calling out onto God, and God shocked me with an answer. He gave me such a straight up answer. You know, if you, you don't always like stuff God says to you. It's not always terribly pleasant. It really can shock you and surprise you. It's like, what are you talking about? You know, like you don't know, you know, like, you know, yeah, like he's wrong. Yeah, except you know he's right. Well, he wasn't any happier about this kind of stuff in me than I was. I don't know why I'm telling you this. We just met, many of us. He gave me a passage. He he told me something, and I want to read to you what he said to me out of Psalm 27 and verse 10. Can you bring that up so it's bigger print? Do we have electronics tonight? I don't even know. 27.10. What did I say? Psalm 27.10. Let's, let's do the New King James Bible on this one because that's the way he gave it to me. It's coming somewhere. It's coming from other parts of the universe. There it is. Let's try New King James. Well, that one's fine. Let's use that. Here's what he said to me. He said, I want you to read this. He said, even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. What? What's that all about? You know how you do. Huh? Lord, what are you talking about? Well, I knew exactly who he was talking about. Now, for me, this went back to the point in time when I was 13 years old. Give me a break. I've been walking with Jesus for decades now, and I've got What? Something goes back to when I was 30. You've got to be joking me. I'm past this stuff. But he took me back through this statement, and he said this. He said, though your father abandoned you. And that was just the terminology he used, and I'd never even had that consideration. Now, at 13 years old, my father committed suicide. Oh, yeah, it was a big gap. It was a huge problem. It created big issues. No question about it. It Threw me way further down the rabbit hole than I was already down. And my drug life really took on a whole new way. I mean, I was already doing drugs at 13. I'm sorry to say it, but uh, that changed things for the worse for me. But man, it didn't last a long time. I gave my life to the Lord just a few years later. But now after a long period of time, I come to a point in my life where though I'm walking with Jesus, God's using me, doing marvelous things in and, and ministry, and I'm seeing wonderful things, yet there are some issues. And God says this, even though your father, what, abandoned you? I never thought that. I mean, being abandoned? I mean, he had problems, no question about it. Yeah, it had an impact. But I had come to know God as my father, my heavenly father. He had restored things in my life already, and yet, here's what I found. I found... That word, phew, I wouldn't have believed it if it hadn't come from God. Some counselor tell me that, or somebody else tell me that, or some preacher tell me that, I'd say, No, nah, you're wrong. That's not it. That's not what's going on for me. But when the Holy Spirit brings it up to you, you know, you just really can't argue the point. Abandon? What I'd allowed is something to be a gap in my soul. My soul. Let me talk to you for a moment about this. When you're born of the Holy Spirit, you know you're a new creation in Christ. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. That is your spiritual life now. You've been raised up in newness of life in Christ. But here's what we also know. We know that there are mindsets, ways of thinking, habits that have been maybe long-term. Those didn't instantly change. Those weren't changed in the instant that you were born again. No, there's a process, something that goes on in our life that Scripture refers to really as the renewing of your mind or your soul. James chapter 1, verse 20, whatever it is, somewhere in there, James, 20-something. 22, I think it is. Let's, let's just say it is. Unless he brings it up and I'm wrong. Talks about receiving the engrafted word. Verse 21, that's where it is. James 1 21. Let's go ahead and find that one. Let's just, there it is. Glory to God. He's right on it. So get rid of the filth Let's, and the evil in your life and humbly accept the word of God, the word God has planted in your heart, for it has the power. Look at this. Wait a minute, the word is already implanted in your heart. That's that new birth experience born of the Spirit of God. And yet, what does he say? It has the power to save your what? Your soul. The word being implanted in your heart and you being born again is not, just technically, just just follow me in this for a minute, it's not identically the same thing as your soul being saved. I know that's shocking, and we use that term, and I'm all for it. Now, how many souls were saved, and we've had so many souls saved. And I mean, that's, that's fine. But just for the sake of understanding how this can go in our life, I think we have to have some clarity about how this, how this can happen where heaven happens on earth, and yet the resistors in our soul prevent us from seeing this engrafted word have the maximum fruit and impact in our life. And though the Word is alive in us and we love Jesus with all of our heart. Wait a minute. Do we really love Jesus with all? All right, I can't go down that road far. But here's what he said. The engrafted Word has the power to save your soul. But it's not the same thing as your soul already being saved. God's Word is engrafted in you. You're born of the Spirit. But the soul which is made up of the mind, the will, intellect, emotions, habits, those things aren't automatically changed, are they? Not all of them. Some are, some can be, but they're not all automatically changed. There is a renewing of the mind, a renewing that has to take place. It's that renewing of the mind where our our habits begin to be brought into subjection to the way God's Word reveals Our habits should look. And that's how we begin to develop this spiritual growth where the Word of God that's been grafted in us begins to bring that delivering power right out of our own inner man to flood through our soul, our habits, our thinking, our mindset. And it's in those places that the resistors are being taken off of our life. when God spoke to me about this, when your father abandons you stuff, he helped me understand that there were things in my soul that I've allowed to remain. And that he wanted me to allow him to flow into those regions of my life so that those resistors can get pulled out. Glory to God. Oh man, I'm in. Are you kidding me? That's exactly what I want. It's, I knew it now it was not only what I needed, but it was actually what I wanted to the point of I, I would pursue this. I'd lay hold on it. I'd expect God to do this work in me and I'd take hold of Him purposely and aggressively for that exact thing to happen. And I declare, I am not the abandoned. Here's what God said. He said He would hold me close. And instead of being at a distance that I've allowed to remain in that region of my life, I am being held close by the Spirit of God. And something happened and something began to happen. And it's really turned into something that I believe will happen right here, right now in the next few minutes. Because I began to get an understanding about some things and God helped me get a terminology and a picture of something that takes place in a person's life. When some violation, in my case, I'll use that example again, that wasn't the only thing I dealt with, it was a variety of things. But it was this abandonment, which I never ever had called it that. But my father's suicide, it left me with a big gap that I wasn't even fully aware of. And it left me with, here's a terminology that I'm going to use tonight. It left me with a thorn in my soul. The Apostle Paul talks about the thorn in the flesh. You remember that, Corinthians? Talked about the thorn in the flesh, and he called it exactly what it was, a messenger of Satan. He didn't say it was a disease. He didn't say his eyes were going bad, and I know there's all kinds of theories about this, and whatever they are, we don't know what this thorn exactly looked like or was described He told us what it was. It was a messenger of Satan that had come to buffet him. And however that looked, we don't know the details, and it's not important, but it was a thorn in his life, a messenger of Satan that had come to buffet him because of the revelation knowledge that was in Paul. And it had come to keep Paul from flowing and imparting that revelation of God that he had that has changed every one of our lives. Thorn in the flesh, that's what he called it. But sometime back, God, helped me to see that there's also been left in people a thorn in the soul. And through these different events in a person's life, situations, for some a violation, for some a betrayal, for some a divorce, for others an abuse, a sexual violation, some sort of failure in their life, or whatever it has been, or maybe a series of things that have gone on, it is left the scars on the soul and left the thorns messengers of satan to leave that weak area and that thorn plugged into your soul and any time satan comes along he can flick that thorn and it feels as painful as when it first happened thorn in the soul thorn in our thinking, in our emotional life, in the soulish side of our life, I've come to understand that where the soul and the spirit meet is the heart. There's some scriptures that could only be understood when it describes the heart as the spirit. It could only be understood that way. But there's other scriptures that when it uses the word heart, speaking of the heart of man, it's not talking about the blood palm. But it could really only be understood as the mind or the emotion or the way of thinking or the soul. And you come to realize both are correct. Because it's where the spirit and the soul of a human being meet that is the core of their being, and that really is, in the most intricate way, the link right there between heaven and earth. And to bring God's will in heaven onto earth, something happens in the heart of a human being that brings that about. And when things have interrupted that and prevented the heart, of the born-again believer. Now, that sounds like a contradiction. But with this in mind, just, just grab hold of it. And, and Pastor Tony and Pastor, they'll fix all this that I've screwed up for you. They'll fix it after I leave. And they're gracious, folks. I may be leaving right after the service. But, but there's aspects of the soul that have to be changed supernaturally. There's things that we have to have a freedom in so that we can renew our mind with the kind of liberty and success that we have to have to walk this out by the power of God. And here's what I've watched happen. I've watched it happen multitudes of times now for so many people. That in the same way that the Spirit of God and that healing power of God comes to heal a person's body, the same Holy Spirit comes to pluck that that thorn out of your soul. Whatever that violation has been that Satan's continued to trick you with, continued to tell you, just like he had me, that thorn remained stuck in my soul over something I thought was long gone. And yet... Something would flick that issue in my life in one way or another and out would come all the stuff. that's none of your business. (laughs) And I had the Holy Spirit really help me understand that tonight one of the things that he is imparting and wanting to do is I'm gonna pray for people that this thorn is stuck in your soul. That's not everybody. I understand that. Not everybody's gone through those things. Everybody has had issues, but some of you have dealt with it in different ways, and it's not an issue for you. But there's many that they haven't been able to get past certain things. There's no relief. It's as painful now as it's been all along, even though you know Jesus is the Lord of your life. And yet in a moment's time, that miracle power, that divine supernatural Holy Spirit power can do exactly what He always does. When we allow it, He'll come and He can pluck that thing out. And it's different. The miracle of God does something in the soul of a person that gives you the capacity to renew your soul In a whole new way, because you've got the liberty now in your soul to do it. The engrafted word now has given you a greater ability for the deliverance of your soul. We've had too many Christians walking around loving Jesus and hating people. Loving Jesus, can't stand the church. Loving Jesus, but not really paying attention. Loving Jesus, but don't listen to a word he says. Loving Jesus, and it ain't happening, and they're not receiving, and then they're wondering why nothing's working right. And what's all this stuff Pastor Tony keeps talking about? It's so, it's so good, it's so powerful, I want all of it, and none of it really happens for me. Either he's wrong or I'm wrong, and you know how we all are. It's got to be him. God wants to heal some people here tonight I want us to stand together and if we could just have some worshipful music I just want the Holy Spirit to do his work in you tonight thank you Lord some of you have come tonight and you didn't, you didn't expect it to go this way well frankly I didn't either we're in this together But here's what i know i know this leadership of the holy spirit and i know how this has to go there's people right now tonight that the holy spirit can do the very thing i said he just plucked that thing out of your soul i had one lady saw it in a picture she saw it different than a thorn she said what i saw she said the moment you laid hands on me and i'm going to lay hands on some people here tonight if you want me to she said when you laid your hands on me I, i saw something open up she said i saw like my hand was in a bucket of water, and when I pulled my hand out, she said, that water rushed together, and you couldn't ever tell that there was a hand or anything in that water. And She said, I saw my soul like that. When this thing comes out, the power of God just brings healing into your soul, and it's as if that thorn was never there. Oh, yeah, we have a memory of the very same things. The memory can stay the same, and yet it doesn't have any hook to it to pull you back into the mess that it was in. If this is something the Holy Spirit's working in you over, you know this is God offering you something here tonight. It really is. I want you to receive it. I want you to slip up here and let me pray for you. Let the anointing of the Holy Spirit bring healing into your soul. Come on now, if that's you. Come on right now. And for the rest of us, let's hold steady and be a part of this. Be a part of laying hold on these things for people. Just come stand up here just as if you were going to be healed physically. I know this church believes in these things, but this area of the soul is absolutely vital. That we can have these resistors, these thorns, pulled off and pulled out. Father, as I stand here before these men and women, Lord, we lay hold on this time. There's a presence of the Lord here tonight. Glory to God. Whatever's been like a thorn in these people's soul, I'm asking, Holy Spirit, that you just pull this out of their soul. That those betrayals that violation that pain that soulish vi- that soulish violation that came with that physical violation but there's healing in the house for you right this minute oh god let it be so all across this auditorium and all through each of these people oh romatistevi. Church, I want you to lift your hands before God. Each person standing here, I want you to lift your hand and I want you to declare this right out to God. Oh God, come on, each one of us, everybody in the house, say it out loud. Oh God, this is my time. I lay hold on it. My healing has come. The power to save and deliver my soul has come. And I receive right this minute, in Jesus' name, Glory to God. Lord Jesus, as I lay hands on these men and women, I release that anointing. I really don't need to pray for you. I may, I may not, but I'm going to lay my hands on you. And the Holy Spirit is going to reach right into your soul. Lord, we receive it tonight in the name of Jesus and make this man whole. Be free in your soul and receive in Jesus' name. That thorn get plucked straight out. In the name of Jesus, receive. And pluck that thorn right out of her soul. Woo! There's the anointing. Receive. In Jesus' name, that thorn be plucked right out of That's the terminology God used in Lord God, that that thorn be plucked right out of this lady's soul. Be free and made whole in your soul. Oh, that was good. Made whole in your soul. In the name of Jesus, that thorn be removed. Lord, let it be so now that thorn be removed and plucked out of this man. God, whew, this has gone on so long been so painful but there's healing for your soul right instant. that thorn be plucked out Satan you have no access to this man this man belongs to Jesus I declare the healing and delivering power of God glory to Jesus let it be so now God that you reach right into this lady and pluck that soul right out of her soul that thorn right out of her soul let that thorn be pulled right out out in the name of Jesus and be healed that's it, it is healing power it is healing power be healed and delivered in your soul my goodness glory to God That's a work of the Holy Spirit. To pluck that out of your soul and rearrange some things. Oh, lady, I saw this coming on you tonight. This is the very thing that you have cried out for clarity over and real freedom. Lord God, reach right into this lady's soul. And pluck that thorn out that she be made whole in the name of Jesus. Reach right into her soul, God, and arrange and bring order, and bring that healing virtue. Glory to God. Just drink it in. see, in Jesus' name. Oh, Now here's what happens. Give me just a moment here. Here's what happens. Sometimes people have been right on the edge of suicide, not finding relief from the kinds of things that have gone on and the pain that it's brought. This is the very thing that brings healing and restoration to even that. This is how we get free from the despair. Saints tried to keep hammering us with, keep flicking that thorn. Telling us there's no way out. This is, this is how we're out. Jesus has already paved the way. Glory to God, so receive. In the name of Jesus, that that thorn be plucked right out of your sins. As I lay my hands on you, I pray. And I ask that the Holy Spirit do the very thing that we've been talking about today for you. To pluck that thorn out of your soul. That's why you came up here. Is that right? That's, right? that's why you came. And that's exactly what He has come to do for you. For you to know Him and know the love that He has for you. But for you to also know that He wants this thorn that the devil is used to play in your soul. That's That's over in the name of Jesus. So let it be so right this instant. It's over. Can it happen in just a moment's time? I believe it really can. I believe this is how it all all gets arranged. So receive. Receive Receive in Jesus' name. There's the anointing. Receive in Jesus' name. There's the anointing. Receive in Jesus' name. And that thorn be plucked right out of your soul. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Now there's a work God wants to do in you, my dear. There's things He's wanted to rearrange and restructure in your life for the longest time. And with all the resistance and all of the questions and all of the misunderstandings that have gone on, you're in a new place today. You're in a place where God said He would hold you close. That's exactly the word He's brought to you. That same Psalm, Psalm 2710, man, that's speaking to you. That though you were abandoned, whatever all that might mean, a variety of things, some of those words we don't like to use. Because we're not feeling sorry for ourselves. We just went through some stuff. Here's what he said. He said he hold you close. That's what's happening. It's pulling you in. Man, he never push you away. Father, let it be so and bring healing into this land. Lady, you be free tonight in the name of Jesus. As you're in a new place. Woo! we're in a new place receive in the name of jesus and be made whole by the authority of jesus glory to god there's the presence of the lord for you sir Woo! that out of your soul here the holy spirit reaches in to pluck that right out receive in the name of jesus go ahead and receive that out of your soul satan has no right to play this game on you any longer. The pain and the the things Satan has used against you, God reaches in to pluck that thorn out of your soul. And I want you to receive it. Don't matter how many times you've asked for help, this is different. No matter how many times it didn't look like nothing happened at all, this is different. There's an anointing here. And you're here to receive it. Lord, thank you for it. I want you to thank him for it. Yeah, I want you to thank him for it. It takes faith to do that. I understand. Because you've been in this place wanting it before many times, long time. That same passage, he said he'd hold you close. He's holding you close right now. Just lean in. Glory to God. Just lean in. Thank you, Lord God. Oh yeah, this is your time. Shake soul. Holy Spirit plucks that thorn right out of your soul. That betrayal has no, no, no further strength. In the name of Jesus, Ooh. he comes to pluck that thorn right out of your soul. That you go free in the name of Jesus. That you go free in the name of Jesus. That you go free in the name of Jesus in your soul. That you go free. Now you can just stop all that thinking that you've crossed too many lines, and created too much of a mess. That's irrelevant. There's nothing that counts but that God's here to hold you close and pluck the thorn right out of your soul. So tonight is really your time. Glory to God. I know the Spirit of God brought you here tonight. Just that we'd pray this prayer and that you'd receive. So Father, we do receive. Do you receive tonight? I know this is... This is tense, man. There's a war going on for your life. But you're in the right place man. you're in the place where God grabs hold of you and where you grab hold of him. I want you to say it right out to God, oh God. I want you to say it right out to God. And I believe that Jesus is Lord. And Lord Jesus, I make you Lord of my life. And this is my time. To be healed. Now receive in the name of Jesus. I know all you did was say the words, but I believe your heart is attached to it. So, Lord, let it be so in this world tonight Jesus' name. Thank you for it, Lord. Reach right in and heal this soul. But you plucked that thorn right out. Shoo. Glory to God. Receive in the name of Jesus. Take hold of it and receive in the name of Jesus. Man, the waters are running deep here tonight, church. Glory to God, receive in the name of Jesus and be free in your soul. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. This is freedom time. So in the name of Jesus, that thorn, oh God, plucked out of his soul. Thank you, Lord, for this fresh presence of the Lord. Receive and be made whole that this thorn is pulled right out of your soul. Shoo! Me sofre basa. That's supernatural. Oh God, that's exactly right. This is that moment for the healing power of God to wash into real deep places in your soul. Let that thorn is plucked out. You know what Satan has done to try to mess with you. Those days are done. Let it be so, God. In Jesus' name, receive. That's the real deal, I'm glad you're here. Dear. Lord God, let it be so nice. Reach right into her soul, that that thorn that Satan used against her, that's just plucked out, there's no room for that anymore. Holy Spirit, just, yeah, like a river, Shh. out of your innermost being comes rivers. Cleansing rivers into your own soul. The joy of your salvation is about to hit in a whole new way. Glory to God. Receive it now that that thorn's pulled and plucked right out of your soul. Receive it now that that thorn is pulled right out of your soul. Glory to God. Receive it now of what Satan has sown as a seed and a thorn into your soul that it's plucked right out. Out in the name of Jesus. That's what you came for. That's what you received. Just exactly what you came to receive. That this is the day all of that trash is over and Satan can't play that game with you anymore. That thorn comes right out of your soul. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. I want you to say it out loud. The joy is back. The joy has come. And the joy is back. And I receive that joy out of my own innermost being in Jesus' name. Oh yeah, there he is. These things have gone on too long and Satan has had too much liberty to miss. That thought saving soul be your soul has no fruit. Reflect it like us. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. And those rivers of God on the inside. Free from the fruit. Here's what Jesus said. He said, out of your innermost being. You remember that? He was talking about the Spirit of God. Out of your innermost being would flow rivers of living water. The Spirit of God within us is like a river. And that's where that joy flows into your soul, out of your heart, out of your spirit, into the way you think and into your emotions and into these things that have been like a, a playground for the devil to mess with, but not anymore. This is what deals with it. Are you with me in this? Oh, I know you are. These waters are running deep tonight. So Father, we take hold of it, we receive it. Lift your hands right before the Lord. We do receive in the name of Jesus. We take hold of your word, O oh Lord. We thank you for it and receive it in Jesus' name. Do you receive it tonight? Come on, stand with me one more time. I know we've gone too long, but what is that? Glory to God. There's the anointing. See, this is how healing comes, not only emotionally and soulish. This is how physical healing comes, man. Bones and, and joints are restored to health because what Satan was playing with, he doesn't have access to. There's the healing power of God for people to receive healing in your body. For Satan's been playing with your body over these very things that we've talked about tonight. So, Father, we receive it. Say it out loud. I receive. I receive your presence, O Lord, to have a greater place in me and that you hold me close. Let you hold me close. Just lean into him right now, would you? You know what I mean. Just lean in. Let him draw close to you. Make you whole. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. There's that healing virtue. I can't get away from it. There's healing in your back. Someone being healed of a growth that you've just recently been told about. That growth has no place to remain in you. There's healing. There's restoration of your hearing. There is healing in your ears. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The sores in some uh, more than one person's mouth, the, the healing power of God is taking those sores right out of your mouth. There's that virtue of God flowing into your body let that healing flow right into the nerves right through your body where you get that movement back in your knees and in your hip in the name of the Lord Jesus there's healing in your body hallelujah We receive the healing power of God, that energy, that divine, holy energy that flows freely into our soul and into our flesh, into every part of our body. Be made whole in your eyes. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Said out loud, I'm a receiver. Glory to God. We are receivers. That's how we are. Oh, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. We're receivers. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at rhema.org.au. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at raymond.org.au.